and welcome to Imagine Me and Mawariu Penguin Drum. I am Panda. <laughs> I am your host. I'm here with a special guest co-host. Hi, Yasha. Hi. Oh, it's good How to be you? podcasting again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I was just griping about my soup that I didn't get to eat yet. Before I mean, you we can got on. While no, we're I'm not going to do it while we're recording. Still, though. <laughs> I feel like that's never stopped anyone else that's ever been on a podcast with me before. So, <laughs> you know me, I prefer to drink on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> that's extremely fair. We're also here uh, for our second guest episode for My Water Penguin Drum. We have Kai. Hi, Kai. Hello, and thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Oh, absolutely. I always jump on any opportunity to, to talk about Penguin Drum. Uh, Kai has not been on this show before, but we talked with, and by we, I mean, uh, Alice and I were on a guest episode of Puella Magi Modica Magicast, which Yasha was also a host on. Right. And we talked about Wonder Egg Priority. That episode is still floating out there. So if you're interested in that, you should definitely go check that out. But uh, Kai also wanted to come on here to talk about Penguin Drum. And who am I to say no to anybody that wants to talk to me on a podcast ever in <laughs> my life? So Kai, uh, since this is your first time on the show, why don't you tell us about your history with Mawaru Penguin Drum? And I imagine your history with Utsuna is probably related, but if not, that's fine. Right. Yeah, it's a fairly interesting story that I've, I've shared a couple places, but um, I had, we were just talking about um, being a young child and watching Sailor Moon when you were growing up. And, and that certainly was my experience as well. I remember very explicitly where I was and what I was doing when I was watching uh, Sailor Moon R, The Promise of the Rose, when it aired on Toonami back in 2001. Ikuhara's magnum opus, I would say. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes, it's a very good film if anybody hasn't, you know, hasn't checked it out. But yeah, from uh, from watching Sailor Moon as a kid back when I was 11 years old to to then coming around in college and deciding, wait, why why did I like Sailor Moon as a kid and why does it still hold up when I'm 22 years old as opposed to something like Power Rangers that certainly didn't stand the test of time uh, you know it, it got me thinking critically about media and set me down this path of being an anime and media critic but then uh, it also set me down the path of figuring out what I liked about the magical girl genre and uh, that was that was 2011 when Madoka Magica was airing when Mauru Penguin Drum was airing and mm -hmm. uh, me jumping straight into the anime there and um, the path I took to get to Penguin Drum was really watch Sailor Moon, watch Sailor Moon again, watch Sailor Moon a third time in the dub and, and all that. And then uh, and then find out what happened after Sailor Moon. Of course, you, you very well know that that uh, a large part of that is Revolutionary Girl Utna. But that's yes. not actually where I went first. I went to my um, if Penguin Drum is my third favorite show of all time and Madoka Magica is my first favorite show of all time. My second favorite show of all time would have to be princess tutu and that oh, is kind yeah. of i i put this diagram together in my head and i later put it together in a presentation that i gave at anime boston in 2015 and i've you know used all over the place that's up on my youtube channel if you ever want to watch a much younger me uh talk about this but uh princess tutu is kind of the junichi sato path after sailor moon into aria and i trace that thematically 
But then Mawaru Penguin Drum is off on the Ikuni interpretation of Sailor Moon, off on the uh, you know Revolutionary Girl Utna path, and I, I contrast these two paths out of Sailor Moon uh, with the concept of grace and glamour, and that's something that I definitely want to bring up for this episode in particular. But it's outside the scope of an intro, so <laughs> that's too much talking already. But once again, thank you for letting me talk about Penguin Drum. Of course, yeah, I I still have not watched princess tutu but i know that it's like it's in sort of this same like realm of anime that similar to what we talk about mostly on this show and i have been meaning to get around to it especially because i have so many friends that cite it as one of their like number one anime of all time. yeah i've been told more than once that i should watch princess tutu i you both, you both should watch princess tutu <laughs> also so interested oh. in your reactions to princess tutu <laughs> also it is literally today as we record this the 20th anniversary of the first episode of princess tutu air wow. Happy birthday, Princess Tutu. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so um, you have been pretty much excited to come on uh, to talk about Penguin Drum since we started. I remember you commented on the very first episode when it went up on Patreon. Well, well, I'm sitting here listening to you guys talk about, uh, you know, Cyrus on Mai and and, and Yuri Kuma and two shows that I was like, "Ah, okay, all right. It's no adolescence of Utna. It's no, it's no, you know, uh, it's no Sailor Moon S or anything. And then I'm like, damn, wait till they get till Penguin Drum. Mm -hmm. Ah, And uh, the thing that got me when you, when listening to your podcast, you kept comparing, this is just like Sarazan Mai. And I was like, I was sitting there watching Sarazan Mai when it was airing and I was yelling at the top of my lungs. This is just Penguin Drum over and over again. Yeah. And you're not wrong (laughs) because it is like, it's really it's really funny to have gone through the journey of like the out of order way that we have watched these shows because like you end up it's like see it's like when you're a kid and you see a cartoon reference something that you've never seen before and then you become an adult and you see the thing that it's referencing and suddenly like the puzzle pieces click together (laughs) in your head that like Mm. suddenly you know where like you can kind of chart the path of like the evolutions of a lot of ideas and like touch points in ikuhara dumb exactly can i say this can i say this because i've said this so many times well you've said it so many times you might as well say it again i I have to i have to because it's my stance and it still hasn't changed after i first you know first watch utna and penguin drum and i think that i think that penguin drum for me is utna but refined and like improved or or more focused and and that's kind of an oversimplification of course and that's you know heretical in a lot of ways but <laughs> it's I was going to say, that's kind of a controversial statement. Uh, yes, um. I think it's true. I think it's like somebody shook Ikuti and it's like the, this meaningless BS that we have in Revolutionary Girl Utna, the series, we can cut that out. We can we can get to the point much better and much more focused and effective. And that's why I like mm. it more than Utna. Interesting. Mm. I know that we're not super far into Penguin Drum, so we will not probably be able to get into as much of that as we could if right. we were like doing a total retrospective but maybe we can do another episode later uh, after we've actually finished the show because we are yeah. still like we're not even halfway through no way. spoilers i yeah. have resolved not to spoil anything i you know your bravery you're so strong <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. 
But uh, we are here, of course, to talk about episode eight of Moara Penguin Drum. We left off on sort of a, a, you know, there was like a, a moment at the end of last episode that I pretend I do not see it <laughs> because I go into every episode of Penguin Drum thinking my daughter Ringo Ogonome has never done anything wrong ever in her life and then I take a big drink of water as <laughs> we start this episode. Proves you wrong over and over because Ringo Ogonome is a horrible person and that is fabulous facts my friends. Listen the thing is as much like Ikuhara and I've said it I will say it basically every Every episode of this podcast, I think, I support women's rights. I also support women's wrongs. <laughs> I think, you know, well, we'll get we'll get into what I think about this episode. Definitely. This episode is called Even If Your Love Is a Lie. And I have to make sure that the subtitles are on because they do not play automatically. For some reason, my copy always does that too. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Okay, so first thing we see... What appears to be Ringo taking off her um, nightgown and reaching for a bed. And she throws back the covers of the bed and there's a bunch of stuffed animals in it. If we remember the scene that I pretend I do not see from the end of last episode, uh, it was Ringo coming out from under the house, (laughs) presumably to find tabuki is the best way i can put that and here we are (laughs) here we are and she's foiled by happenstance i guess well listen there's a there's a lot of objectionable content in mountain and penguin (laughs) it does not end here i i that is the spoiler i will give to you so uh we have only just begun (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah i remember actually i rewatched the series um have you watched rewatched the whole thing at this point no actually i forgot i've gotten up to episode 21 and that's it okay because you are coming back on the show for a later episode yeah i want to talk about yuri yeah yeah (laughs) yep there's some heavy content in that storyline too oh yes that's actually what i wanted to talk about so i'll be back for those ones although you know what that does make it so that i am on every episode so far where there is an attempt at non-consensual sexual (laughs) contact yeah i guess we should i know that like there's sort of a blanket content warning for basically just this whole show but in particular honestly content warning ikuhara yeah this episode we we're gonna be talking about like attempted sexual assault and that's not gonna be the last time that we talk about attempted sexual assault but yeah i feel obligated to at least make sure that i warn people that it's gonna come up between this and liking Wonder Egg Priority, I'm like, man, am I just am I just a sucker for the type of <laughs> shows that deal with these heavy things? Okay, so we're at the school and we see Tabuki looking very worn out. Shoma's all like, what the hell? What's going on? The, an- the animation for this part of the <laughs> episode is so meme Yeah, the- this... <laughs> sequence is really fun <laughs> yeah it's really reserved it's really reserved so because there's a lot of great animation later in the episode you can tell it's just uh mm-hmm. a little cost saving here with this shot being held so long 
Ikuhara is always very clever with his cost-saving measures. Like, seriously, he's always very good with it. And yet we still also get a a gag with With the penguins on the side of the screen. Shoma straight up asks if something crawled up from under his floor, which is (laughs) kind of terrifying. (laughs) Tamaki says he's had kind of a hard night, and Sho is clearly trying to find out if... Tabuki actually had an interaction with Ringo or not. And we say interaction with quote marks. <laughs> Turns out uh, Tabuki had a different kind of interaction, or at least that's what is implied by Kanba. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, that's what Kanba is going to imply. But also, like, that doesn't sound like he's probably wrong. Yeah, yeah. Tabuki blushes pretty hard throughout this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole arm behind the head thing that he does. Hey, he's got a beautiful actress fiance that he's very proud of. We get another mention of Fabulous Max. I feel like, <laughs> do we get in this episode a confirmation that maybe Fabulous Max has to do with a TV show? Or like, what am I, am I, did I maybe misinterpret you know, as that? as far as I remember, Fabulous Max is just kind of Yuri's catchphrase. It's yeah. just a thing. Yeah, I, d- I don't recall any specific reference okay. that it's alluding yeah. to. No. Okay, I just wanted to see if because ma- I I've been trying to figure out Fabulous Max, and yeah. maybe I'm just overthinking it, which is typical. <laughs> Tabuki gets all bashful. Oh, that's cute. And then Kanba's all like, "Give my brother a lesson later." Bye. Bye. Shoma keeps on asking why, or not why, but what happened last night, which I think is real. Um, hmm, what do, what do, that's a that's a good question. Why do you think Shoma's interested? Throughout um, this episode, yeah. he's, he does a lot of actions that are a bit uh, unusual or like not unusual in his character, but... Yeah, it's uh, definitely in his character, but he seems more interested in Tabuki's life. I guess, or love life. I don't know. I would like, say more interested in like how Ringo's doing or, or what Ringo's doing. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's clearly concerned about what she is getting up to. And like, I guess he is trying to make sure that Ringo didn't do anything stupid last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Haven't we all been in that position with a friend before? Like, did my friend do anything last night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But apparently it was just a plumbing problem in the condo. Mm-hmm. And that's why Tabuki's tired. And I think Tabuki's lying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you think so? I think so. Nobody blushes over a plumbing problem. And then Tabuki invites Shoma to, what is this? To visit their house, I guess. I mean, not exactly like a housewarming, but like sort of. I don't really know. Did they do the wedding reception yet? I don't think so. Okay. All right. So that's probably what that is. I think that, if I'm not mistaken, that picture is from when they announced that they were getting engaged or something. Yeah. It is. So I think they're just, I guess, announcing to people that they are now living together. And also it's probably part of the engagement announcement. I wonder if that's like a cultural thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. I've actually never run into that question before. (laughs) So Tabuku's old apartment has been entirely cleared out and Ringo is standing in front of his uh, sliding doors, just completely dumbstruck that... Things are not following her plan. 
Yeah, the animation where she falls over is so good. It's so good. It is a cost saving measure. It is also so fucking funny that it does not matter. (laughs) There's tons of that throughout this episode later, too. Mm -hmm. Exquisite, truly. This seems like a good time as any to point out that this episode was directed and boarded by Shoko Nakamura who did a mm-hmm. ton of stuff on this show. And she was also listed as uh, chief director alongside Ikahara for a lot of it. He Ooh. seemed to really want her to take credit for a lot of it. Yeah, you know, I've actually heard that Ikuhara is really good about lifting up the people who are working, like, kind of underneath him and pushing them forward and mentoring them. So yeah. that's um, that's nice to see some actual evidence of that rather than just the odd comment here or there. 100%. Uh, yeah, she would later go on to do stuff like episodes of Kill a Kill and Penny and Stocking, Fujiko Mine. Yeah, before this, all, all series that I enjoy, although yeah. I have not... I have not finished Fujiko Mine, even Panda! though, even oh, though so Yasha good. showed so it to good. me when I visited yeah. Yasha oh, no. and Mana at their <laughs> apartment in Canada in mm-hmm. 2020. Oh, no. I still haven't finished Fujiko Mine. <laughs> The ending's kind of good. Don't worry about it. Someday. I'll get to it, I promise. <laughs> Ringo is in heavy denial about Big time. and Yuri getting married. And Shoma's just asking her, like, aren't you done yet? Come on, just, just give up. You gotta snap out of this, girlfriend. And she's just not listening at all. You can keep scheming and fantasizing, but what's impossible... Yeah. Is impossible. Yup, yup. It's what we like to call glamour. That's what we like to call those ideals, those uh, (laughs) fantasies that are bigger than reality. It's what Ringo lives for right now. Mm -hmm. Not like she has a choice. She name drops Momoka there too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We still don't know very much about Momoka. A little, but not a lot. (laughs) (laughs) You should have a healthier romantic relationship next time, Shoma says. Shoma is uh, being very helpful. He's <laughs> so cute. He's my precious little pumpkin. He's, he's a little. Uh, oh. What are all those cute little words that they use to describe people? He's, he's so pure. He is just a poor little meow meow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he really is. That's why he's not my favorite. <laughs> yes. he's like your mom will be worried if you keep doing dangerous stuff like he's really he's really trying and he's really earnest the problem is that he is an idiot teenage boy and you know what like that's fine like you're allowed to be an idiot when you're a teenager because Ringo is also an idiot <laughs> in a very different way yeah oh yeah definitely yeah. it's just like you know what comes to mind is that Ringo has a certain kind of low cunning to her. Mm-hmm. Shoma is always completely obvi- uh, honest in a way that hurts him. Yeah, he kind of mm-hmm. can't help it. He doesn't really have a like a scheming bone in his body. Again, reasons he's not my favorite. Got <laughs> <laughs> more to say on that area when well, we no. get to Kamba and Shoma. In, in, in no his... judgment against people who like Shoma. Seriously, I was about to say Shoma represents a very important part of this oh, show. Yeah. I think. So, oh yeah, it's just we'll when, when Yasha says that, I think she just means specifically like to her taste. It's not yeah. Necessarily... Yeah. 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 I like yeah. the schemers. I like the ones that always have something going on in the back of their head, kind of thing. Where Shoma is. He's all up front, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like, but you need you I know 
mean you need that. Like that. I know. I just it's just that he doesn't speak to my heart. Yeah, <laughs> and that's fair. The question is, does he speak to Ringo's heart? And in this scene, eh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, this episode is not a great one for that. Oh. Well, I'm, let's let's hold on. Let's get okay, there. Yeah, let's that's get fair. There. We can put a we can put a pin in that. Yeah. So she says the diary can never be wrong. And Shoma just kind of puts that down to Ringo having her heart broken. Well, because like he doesn't, he obviously doesn't believe in the diary. You know, mm-hmm. that kind of bugs me because like if, if the princess of the crystal wants the diary so bad, there must be something special about it. Right. So you would think that he'd be a little more like, okay, maybe there is something metaphysical about this diary. That's the classic contrast that we're going to see in this next scene where uh, in the in the Takakura's house between uh, how Kanba looks at the problem bestowed upon them and then how Shoma looks at mm, the problem, yeah. what's important to them. And I think it connects back to my idea of grace versus glamour. Mm. But here we have, well, this is Himari watching uh, Yuri state Talk the engagement in retirement, engagement. right? Yeah. yeah, doing weightlifting. <laughs> Mari's getting her workout on. She's yeah. working on those gains. Like the three yep. kilogram weights and the penguin has five kilograms. Yeah, That's I great. was gonna say the best part of this scene is truly that the penguin is lifting more weights than Imari. Imari oh <laughs> at her brother's shoe shoe gains goblins. <laughs> <laughs> interesting himari says i was a fan of hers isn't that disappointing sunny like i know that this is like a a thing about like i mean i guess you know they're disappointed that she's like quitting the review but like also Mm -hmm. i don't know like that's like fairly normal like it's not like takarazuka actresses stay for that long yeah i don't know enough about it to comment that's fair Hmm, side note we should ask fukiko about that yeah and and part of me was thinking like it doesn't seem like they're just disappointed that she's like getting married but then i thought about like well she is also leaving so that's like yeah you know that's also i kind of took it more as the retirement thing mm-hmm. yeah so then kanba is all like so you're saying you can't carry out operation marriage blues because that's what operation m stands for <laughs> yeah really which, by the way, uh, in the English dub, they call it Project M, which did not uh, stand out to me until my wife was walking through the room and heard someone say Project M, because I am a heathen who watches the English dub. Project M is the name of a, like, <laughs> modified <laughs> version of Super Smash Brothers Melee. Oh, well, it's actually Super Smash Brothers Brawl to Brawl. make it play okay. like My, Super Smash Brothers Melee. Yes, having I don't actually Project know that much about on a Wii yeah. many times and played Project M. I went yeah, and okay, tournaments in Project M. I did yeah. know it was on the Wii, so I should have also realized that that was Brawl. But uh, yeah. I just whenever I think of uh, Smash, I just sort of assume that everything revolves around Melee, but. Um, <laughs> Um, no, yeah. it, was, it was a trip, and it does kind of revolve around melee because it makes brawl play like melee. But God, that's not Fair. yes. I, I when I was watching this, the same thing happened to me. I was like, Project. <laughs> yeah, what? What? I didn't even make the connection until Gwen was like, "Did they just say Project M?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just thought it was funny. Yeah, total coincidence. So Shoma's all like, now. Uh, Operation Marriage Blues isn't going to work because did you see how lovey-dovey he was? And kind of 
brushing off kind of. He shouldn't plan. be acting that way around students. Okay. Yeah, really. <laughs> but uh Kamba says we're gonna have to resort to drastic measures. Drastic measures. Yep, Kamba Kamba is all about the glamours. He's about accepting the problem that's being dealt to him, the supernatural bullshit. Shoma is mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I don't know. And he has been for eight episodes now. It's been the dynamic between the two. I'm mm. really obsessed with the little scene that's being played out with the penguins right now. They are, are they frying chicken? What is this? I, the, you know, I it know. looks like it's supposed to be chicken drumsticks, but that ain't no drumstick I've ever seen. It's like a lump of dough with a bone in it. <laughs> yeah. But it, they're, they're, they're cooking, it. they're deep frying something. And at a certain point, penguin number one drops in all of the meat and penguin number two holds up like a a pan to keep it from the the hot oil from splashing on him and i'm sure this like doesn't mean anything so that's what i'm saying that's what the equity genius though right like this is what's happening on screen as these two brothers talk and then their penguins are going back and having like an animated thing of penguin shoma's penguin uh you know blocking the aggression from the uh, from kanva's penguin you know Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's like it's like your first like adventure into uh semi or or like decoding uh what's shown on screen versus what's said and i love that i love that in utna and i love that here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like absolutely he uses those contrasts really well yeah and tonally too right like that's mm-hmm. funny to see those penguins do that whereas what they're saying so is good. pretty heavy mm-hmm. yeah that's i think one of my favorite things about post Utsuna like there's a lot of physical humor in Utsuna but I feel like post Utsuna Ikuni has really leaned into the slapstick humor like Mm -hmm. I don't want to discount how much of like that is actually in Utsuna but like a lot of it is just more like it feels more transparently comedy even though like it is saying something like here but like it doesn't like I feel like with Utana, it always seemed like the comedy had to also be part of everything like interwoven like you're trying really hard to make sure that you're not only doing something funny but also saying something yeah. and except choo-choo farting yeah i was about but... to say that's a long-winded winded way of saying choo-choo sucks as a mascot and yeah i agree i i will not listen to any choo-choo <laughs> i like you don't even understand i have like two choo-choo plush like staring at me right now and also a big, <laughs> i have a big poster that is just choo-choo in various poses over and over that Did was a to you uh no i bought this nope. off of oh, okay. uh, i bought this off of yahoo japan and then you said nice. you had yeah. one you could have given me for uh, yes that's right that's but right. i didn't know that you had it but i this was a promotional item that was in like sega like arcade locations when the sega saturn game was coming out oh that's uh, awesome and i, I love choo-choo and i will not listen to any choo-choo slander on this podcast I do, but I do love the penguins so much, but I feel like it just, some of the comedy slapstick stuff in later shows feels a little more loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is what I was it, getting at. He lets it take center stage a lot more, too. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of what I was it. trying to get at. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny that uh, Kanba is yelling at Shoma about 
how Ringo is just taking advantage of him. Right, like like Kamba's when in fact, for Kamba is actively trying to take advantage of him <laughs> exactly. right now. Well, okay, that was I was thinking that uh, Kamba takes advantage of women in in the very same way. Well, yeah, the... but I mean, well, more like Kamba is trying to like push Shoma for his own needs, like right ah, now, and that's, that's why good. Kamba is my favorite. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but taking things by force is not Shoma's style. Oh god! And Kamba's just like, did you fall for that pervert girl? I think it's very oh, funny it. that they keep calling Ringo pervert girl. <laughs> pervert girl, and then stalker too. Specifically, Kamba calls her a pervert. <laughs> I think the princess of the crystal calls her a pervert too. Yes, that's right. Uh, yeah, cu- couple episodes ago. I, yeah. I think that it's very interesting that Kamba thinks that there's a relationship forming here. I think he's right. Yeah, I think he's right as well. Yeah, uh, we're we're. This is not the first time that we're gonna see Shoma's dedication to Himari questioned in this episode. Right. Right. Yeah. For Kamba, it's very clear. It's like we have to obtain the penguin drum to save Hamari. Like there and there. For Shoma, it's a little more gray. Mm -hmm. And then (laughs) Hamari comes in. Oh, she's so cute. She's got her (laughs) boxing gloves on and she's all like, no fighting. And Sun Chan, I guess Sunny, Mm -hmm. has the boxing gloves too. They're so cute. They are cute. Hamari is great. Yeah. She's trying to get them to stop fighting. And they're like, hey, Himari, you don't need to overexert yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Kanba that gets upset that Himari was hearing them. Yeah, well, yeah, Kanba is yeah. worried that he's worried about how much she might have overheard. Mm-hmm. But also, like, they're kind of playing it off like, hey, you don't want to get sick again. Mm hmm. But this is her new daily workout. I, I love I love Himari's role of like, Himari has to be, be innocent. She cannot, she cannot know anything about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Himari's starting to guilt trip them with the whole, I might get sick again from loneliness because they're never <laughs> around. And they immediately freak out and start apologizing. The looks on their faces in this uh, frame are very good. Yeah, huge <laughs> wide eyes. So good. <laughs> <laughs> and Himari accidentally punches them both out. So this is kind of uh, the scene. Kind of ends on a pull out of their household, and this this scene is really what I wanted to talk about in relation mm-hmm. to Grace and Glamour. And for me, Himari is the concept of Grace personified. Like she's that togetherness, she's that warmness, she's that daily life and enjoying the here and the now and the people that you're with. And I think mm-hmm. she plays that role, and we've seen her play that role even for Ringo already in this in this show. And then she's just she's just like kept on the back burner throughout this entire first run of Penguin Drums. She is not allowed to do anything. And these these brothers go off gallivanting around for their uh, Princess of the Crystal quest and everything. And then they kind of do so at the expense of Himari's simple everyday life and spending that time with her. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of treat her in a way that's not dissimilar from how Utena treats Anthe in the beginning of Revolutionary Girl Utena, like feeling like she's like sort of this precious porcelain doll that they can't drop or like yeah. the whole world is going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. 
Can't see me nodding my head through the internet. (laughs) I just wanted to point out, Panda, that their house is a little bit south of where we stayed in Japan. You know, I thought this area looked like, you know, something that we might have been around. um, Shinjuku Gyoemai, I'm not saying that right, but but that's the that's not the subway station that we always went to because we went to the subway station one north of it mm-hmm. so it's the same neighborhood same area probably those buildings in the background are some of the love hotels <laughs> yeah, when we when we went to japan kai we uh stayed in a love hotel <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I didn't have the opportunity. I have been though to Ikibukuro and and to uh, yeah Shinjuku. Yeah, you, and you saw things, the statue. So. Yeah, yeah, I saw the statue. It shows we up later in the episode. Saw the statue. <laughs> <laughs> Even know what it was though. Come on. I hadn't mm-hmm. I hadn't watched the show yet, but then after I because I think I don't remember. Yeah, I think maybe Yasha. It might have been you who pointed out that that oh, was good. The, good. Good. That was good the you knew. And then I, when I came home, like later, a couple of months after we went to Japan, I watched some of Penguin Drum for the first time, and I was like, oh, "There it is!" <laughs> yeah, 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 good, 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 good. good. Yep. So, Kanba ends with a threat-ish that if Shoma doesn't get the diary, he's going to go and take it by force for Himari's sake. For Himari's sake, and and off to the aquarium we go. Ringo's in the aquarium watching the penguins. And remembering. She's overhearing a daughter and father talk about the penguins and then simultaneously reminiscing about when she came to the aquarium with her father. Mm-hmm. And they're they're looking at the phone straps because they're talking about the penguin holding the apple, the Ringo, like it's made mm-hmm. just for her. And they talk about getting matching phone straps for the whole family. And we see, uh, we see once again Ringo's little phone strap, and it's very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a picture of the mother and the father uh, yeah. together with her as a child. So then she goes to look at the phone straps that are on sale, and they're not selling the ones that she has anymore. But she does see the moray eel that uh, her dad had when she went on her little lunch date with him in episode five. All I remember is it's the one with the Klimt reference. Yeah. Well, that's uh, when, yeah, when she and her dad are at the restaurant after the Klimt reference scene, she looks to his phone, hoping to see the matching phone charm. And it's one of these moray eels with the little flower on it. Mm-hmm. So then in the background, there's a kid who's getting kind of scolded by her parents. Wait a second. That's Ringo's dad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And he's with this... uh, another woman and her young child here. As the child of divorced parents, this would be a fucking gut punch. Oh. I'm glad I never saw anything like this. And it is for Ringo over the next scene. Uh, she mm-hmm. hides behind a stand of phone charms because she does not want her dad to see that she's here. But she's listening intently to everything that's going on. I wonder if there's some sort of pun because the little girl's name is Aoi. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Ringo is her name. And like uh, Aoi Ringo is a thing, right? That was the that was is the it? end song from From a New World. Aoi Ringo. I'm not I'd, I'd have to look into that. If you know yeah. the answer comment on the the little girl loves moray eels and 
Ringo's dad says, I love moray eels too. <laughs> yep. And suddenly everything is black and red. And yeah, the trademark cootie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and the little girl is a moray eel and the dad is a sea otter and the mom is another moray eel. And they're yikes. <laughs> this is another patented Ringo fantasy sequence. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Ringo is very much losing uh, losing her grip on reality at this scene. Absolutely, because the child is acting like her dad is the child's dad. Apparently, there is a like parents' day coming up at her school, and everyone else's dad is coming. And the kid wants Satoshi, Ringo's dad, to come. She's asking uh, Ringo's dad to be her dad. As she's doing this, though, Ringo's, like, picturing the moray eel wrapping around the sea otter and, like, squeezing it. We get a full-on proposal here. We sure do. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry for suddenly bringing it up at a place like this, but I want you to have this. He holds up the little nut he's carrying and it pops open to show a ring. It's a, uh, it's a clamshell. A clamshell. And... It opens up and there's a ring inside because he's proposing and he wants to make a new family. Oh Uh boy. And Ringo gets her yandere eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And all the stuffed animals congratulate them. I'm guessing that's everybody in the store. Yeah. It's hard to say what's real and what's metaphorical, but uh, Ringo is now reeling outside in Ikibukuro. Absolutely shocked. Like, how can he do this? Mom and I are dad's family. Are my precious things out of reach no matter how hard I try? And And she trips right into her own fantasy. She she literally falls into her fantasy. That's so good. That's Mm -hmm. so good. I love paper doll Ringo in her paper doll fantasies this is one of my favorite little inserts too it reminds me of um this is the paper craft from madoka magica too that it's just like it's like this cutout western fantasy here with tabuki still as the <laughs> portrayed as the in the prince get up even though it's completely out of place oh, and anachronistic so uh and there's all this pop-up paper craft stuff it's so ah it's cool. really so good I love that Papercraft Tabuki is standing on Papercraft Shoma's shoulders and noose around his neck. I really love all of the Western style outfits in this Mm -hmm. whole segment. I really do love this so much. (laughs) Yep, Yuri rides it on the white horse, grabs the noose, and Tabuki's like, "Uh, you're my neck, my neck. (laughs) The Papercraft train is great. Oh, good. And then there. suddenly Ringo. <laughs> Ringo's in her outlaw outfit. And I would like to point out that it says Penguin Western Channel at the bottom <laughs> yes. of the screen. Is that a, is that a, a Cowboy Bebop reference, I wonder, for the Western Channel there? Probably. Oh. You know what? Every time I see this, I keep thinking it looks like, oh, what is it? The guy that did Ghost in the Shell. What's his name again? Oh. Um, is that Oshi? Is it I think Oshi? so. Mamoru Oshi? No, the, the manga artist. Uh, oh. Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name and it's going to kill me. Masamune Shiro? I'm just going to look it up just in case because I don't recall. But it looks like his art. And the stupid thing is, if you actually look at a lot of his art, there's this, this one 
that sticks out of like two horse-headed, very buff men in a in a wash tub <laughs> together with like a, a very horny looking woman in between them. It's uh right. it's creepy as hell, actually. <laughs> the eyes are they the um what's called Bishojo eyes, the the Bishojo manga eyes, like the Rose of Versailles eyes. Yeah, Masamune Shiro. Yeah. Uh, He's such a creeper. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, like the drawing style here keeps reminding me of Masamune Shiro, just the way that it's drawn. I think that's supposed to be Himari in the crowd there. I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> and Yuri calls Ringo a hopeless maggot, which is very funny. And then also says, instead of being a maggot, she's actually more like a weed. I'll pull out your roots once and for all. I love the single the double shotguns coming yeah. out of that coat heck the, yeah the single frame of her pulling out the double shotguns <laughs> <laughs> and then when they get hit they just twirl around oh it's so good <laughs> like, like it's paper mario uh, but it's not over yet because the bullets hit the diary <laughs> <laughs> Oh, perhaps a metaphor. What I have and you don't. It's destiny. As long as I hold this in my hands, our future will never budge. (laughs) (laughs) She sends Yuri spitting, like literally head over heels spitting in the 2D animation. She shoots a bunch of holes in Yuri and she goes Um, flying. Great scene. And I love this. <laughs> yeah, pose. with Kabuki yeah. clinging to her, like in the in the maiden pose. Yeah, mm-hmm. the classic uh, Western. Uh, what do you call it? Hero pose. It. What it reminds me of is like one of the original Star Wars posters, but that's right. because yes, I the know Star the Star Wars posters of. were drawing from like old yep. Western imagery. Yep, I'm sure if we had a Western uh, aficionado on the podcast, they could point out exactly what, you know, movie poster this pose mm-hmm. first originated in. Western aficionados, write in and tell us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah if you know, tell us, I'd love to know. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, she shoots the more eels too from her other yeah, uh, for good delusion. Measure. So yeah, those mm-hmm. so it gets the father sea otter back on her side. So that's, and you know. is the octopus her mom? No, her mom was a kappa. Okay, because I couldn't remember. I, don't know. I remembered her mom having an animal. Yeah, version. no, her mom was a her mom was right. a kappa. But In I episode don't... three, yeah, yeah. Or two. Mm-hmm. I will accomplish Project M at all costs. M is my destiny. Ringo Okanobi, Destiny M Project. <laughs> the train goes off in the background, too. And there's a crowd gathered around Ringo in the middle of Ikebukuro, just, uh... It's a really good match shot of, like, her in her fantasy and then her doing the same pose in reality. Yep. I gotta say, I absolutely love the whole use of the very bland white npc kind of yes characters. yes i love absolutely, that absolutely absolutely and That's i so good. I, after i saw it in penguin drum i saw it a million other anime and i was like oh they yeah. stole it from penguin drum well, yeah penguin and, he, drum and he does uh you know ikuni brought that back in uh sarah's am i as yeah. well <laughs> yep, yep, yep. i think i commented on that when we were doing sarah's on definitely yeah but yeah, no, that was the first time I had ever seen anything like that. I'm not sure whether that came from him or whether that was 
something he was picking out of other things. You know what used that like a year or so after this? Ruby, the first season of Ruby. Uh, if I remembered I like, anything oh. from watching Ruby, uh, <laughs> maybe I, that go, would have been relevant to me. Gotta, gotta go reach the, uh, the Shaft version. There, there you go. <laughs> it's airing right now. Oh, oh is know. it? I didn't realize it was oh, yeah. airing right now. Oh, yeah. It's airing. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yep. So we cut to Natsume's house. I can't remember her first name. What's her first name again? Uh, boys, Penguin Gym Trivia. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I always just think of her as Natsume. Yeah, uh, Masako. Yeah. Masako and Natsume. Masako and Natsume. And she's saying her tagline again. Talking about how Project M must not fail or whatever. Because she has her own Project M. And she's got the... Uh, the, the other penguin that we keep seeing, which I don't think that they have named in the show yet, but if I remember correctly, is named Esmeralda. Is named yep. Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Yep. yep. And then we cut to Ringo's apartment, where Shoma has just moved everything back into Ringo's room. And he collapses on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I hate moving Anytime I have to do it, I cannot imagine helping someone move everything from one location to another and then back again. I would yep. rather yep. die, probably. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Poor Shoma. Meanwhile, Ringo Meanwhile, is just Ringo's cooking methodically and very seriously yeah. in like sort of a depression trance. <laughs> and Shoma brings up the diary again. Like, you're still not going to let me borrow it? Yeah, he's like, you're not going to let me borrow it now that, like, things have not worked out. <laughs> There's a little quick shot of a sieve with some uh, some pink powder going into yeah. something somewhere. Suspicious sparkling powder. Yeah. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, very fine. And Ringo says, yeah, I can let you borrow it. <laughs> the way, the way walks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The animation here is just perfect. Oh, it's perfect. And then she says, only if this next plan goes off without a hitch. Closes a box, and we're at the front of her apartment. Something that I just wanted to point out that I don't know what any of this means yet, but the, like, symbol on the door and, like, the logo for the big condo building looks kind of like a peach and momo of momoka means (laughs) peach Peach. so there's much we could say about connecting the the dots i haven't connected uh, shit but i'm connecting them oh good call i I was gonna i was like i'm not gonna mention that because that's a little momoka spoiler but yeah i know that i'm not far enough to actually be connecting dots but i'm like seeing the patterns forming there you go Watching Ikuhara shows is basically like developing your parietola. Like, your your pattern recognition just starts to go haywire after exactly. a while. It's sort of exactly. like you're reading something and learning the language as you go. Yep. yep. So yep. More, more words start to make sense to you the more you go. It's mm-hmm. also why it's so rewarding to go back and rewatch. Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So Ringo's like, okay, Shoma, bye. <laughs> I'm going to Tabuki and Yuri's condo. Shoma decides that he wants to uh, third wheel on this date. 
he thinks that she's like moved on, which is really funny. Yeah. <laughs> Girls sure recover quickly from heartbreak. <laughs> Show that you fucking moron. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, he's, he's so stupid. He, he's pulling an Usagi here, is what he's doing. He's, he's believing in people. He he he, he thinks the best of Ringo <laughs> in this scene. He's trying so hard, and he is just so dumb. He He's making the calculations, but boy, is he bad at math. <laughs> yeah, exactly, oh, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'll go with you. And she's like, um, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she drops the tidbit that Yuri is going on a, a tour, a national tour. And uh, that means Tabuki is alone in the condo. And so... By all rights, Shoma should just fuck right off and let her do her thing. This is her last chance. Last chance. Last chance to do what? Last chance to do what, Ringo? (laughs) (laughs) Again, Ringo is a horrible person and them is fabulous facts, my friends. I really like a detail that I just noticed just now was that Shoma's penguin starts to go off with Ringo. <laughs> yeah, the penguin. The penguin already knows. The penguin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Shoma. Yeah. So we get the subway signs and a scene on the subway where Shoma is sitting all the way down the bench from Ringo, wondering if Project M is murder. I love this. He's trying to speculate what M could possibly stand for, and he thinks murder, and it's like in a big bloody font. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't tell me she's planning a double suicide with Tabuki. I don't know. Does that is that a murder-suicide then, though? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. if, if Tabuki doesn't consent to the, the death, then yeah, that would be, <laughs> yeah. be a double suicide, yeah. Well, you know, Tabuki's consent is immaterial in this episode. <laughs> yeah, Tabuki's consent is not the priority for anyone in this episode, yeah, including Ringo. unfortunately. <laughs> he further speculates that there is a bomb in the box. <laughs> this is just like... What's in the box, Ringo? What's in the fucking box? <laughs> I really should have put the what's in the box sound clip in the soundboard for this episode. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 you yeah, really yeah. should have. You really should have. If I were a funnier and more prepared person, I would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> the double H lesson of the episode is uh, don't use noisemakers on the train. I love this scene, too, because it's focalizing us into Shoma. It's telling us that we, as the viewers, should be thinking about what's going on from the point of view of idiot Shoma, (laughs) thinking there's a bomb in the thing, which, like, it sets up the inversion later, but also kind of contextualizes where we should be in that last scene. (laughs) So we get a pan of the outside of Tabuki's new condo. Fancy. It's the large chandelier. Fancy Everything sparkling. sparkling. <laughs> God, this apartment looks so cool, though. It looks so good. This apartment. Yeah. We get a shot of uh, Shoma's penguin eating the little flyer that says that they've moved. So what do you think? Do things disappear when the penguins pick them up? I really have no idea. <laughs> These they are the must. questions you, you, you cannot ask. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot ask because you will be searching for an answer forevermore. I feel like I this is a question that if you ask Ikuhara, he like literally wouldn't answer you. He would, <laughs> look, he would just look at you and be like, okay, next question. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Tabuki is happy to see Ringo. I'm not going to comment further on that. Uh oh. <laughs> There's a tafo- typhoon coming. So Ringo's like, well, I'll just leave after a light celebration. Tabuki's worried about her getting home with the typhoon. So she's promising to not stay too long. And I was on a really though. good frame of Shoma. <laughs> yeah, the shot is in the <laughs> foreground. It's Ringo being like, oh, I'll leave soon. And sitting on the nice couch with all the fancy pane glass in the background, all the lights. And then Shoma's head pops up against the glass. An absolute gremlin, this no poor, knows. impoverished child who has never been in a nice apartment or condo before ever in his life, uh, sliding across the squeaky clean floors in his socks. <laughs> oh, He's sparkling. Oh, it's so good. So good. I love the little fireworks around his head. (laughs) And of course, his only thought is, what would Himari have to say about this? She's never been in a place that's nice either. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sorry he followed me here. (laughs) (laughs) So Ringo offers the present that she has brought along with her. I love uh, Ringo's eyes in this. They're just little black dots. (laughs) Suspicious. So she offers her present to Tabuki, and Shoma is terrified, telling her not to be reckless and that he'll throw it out the window if he has to. And she's like, What are you talking about? And we find out it's a cake. It's a very cute cake. A very cute cake. A Mont Blanc, right? I don't think it's a Mont Blanc. Yeah, it is. She, I know she tried to give him a Mont Blanc in a previous episode. This one is a curry-shaped Mont Blanc. Okay. Yes. Uh. Yeah, uh, he says, you know, like, I would love to share this with Yuri, but she just left on her national tour, wouldn't you know it? She'll be in Osaka for a while. What a coincidence. But no time to waste. They will eat it all together. Well, yeah, you can't keep cake that long. It'll get hard. Okay, yeah, I do. I see that it's uh, Mont Blanc now. But importantly, it is supposed to look like curry. Right. Because, you know. Yeah, I was going to say, Panda, next time we get together, we should make curry. Well, I was going to say we should make this cake, but we can do both. Yeah, we could. (laughs) Yeah, because it looks delicious and curry is also delicious. Maybe they'll make this specific cake. Well, well, yeah. I I think that there will be a. I don't think if unless uh, Yasha has any. Uh, Look, pink I do <laughs> lots of drugs, but <laughs> I don't think Yasha has any pink glitter that will render my legs numb. So I think we're good. Uh, okay. <laughs> hmm. Oh, spoiler for the episode. Sorry. What do I have in the drug cabinet here? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Ringo no. says it's her special curry rice shaped Mont Blanc with love. Shoma again believing the best of Ringo. Uh, this will always be his downfall, I think. Yeah. Yes, look at that innocent face as she says, "Why don't you have a taste of my cake too?" Ringo Oganomi has never done anything wrong ever in her life, <laughs> <laughs> and she's definitely not about to do anything wrong in like or legal <laughs> thirty <laughs> seconds. <laughs> 
So Tabaki brings out the tea set and it's time to eat cake. And then. Yeah, cut to the typhoon exterior of the apartment building. <laughs> Smash cut to the exterior of the apartment building. <laughs> the music too in this scene, this next scene. Is... Oh, it's so good. And you don't want to know what's going on Splatter in there. Splatter of tea, show him a face down on the table. His penguin, penguin. also comatose. <laughs> yep. Everybody but Ringo is essentially passed out from the definitely not poisoned cake. I love this shot because this is just like Tabuki's hand as Ringo <laughs> drags him along the floor to the bedroom. I will note that right before we started recording, Kai sent me the picture of just Ringo's eye at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> it's so good. Uh, I, lo- I love the composition here again. Choco yeah. So many of the shots in this episode are just like impeccable, really. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Like just individual scenes are just absolutely insane. How good the shot composition is. Ringo takes off Tabuki's glasses. Ringo is in full yandere mode. <laughs> the uh, poison or whatever kicked in faster than she'd expected. And so now I love that she just takes her time. Shoma has enough time to wake up. I wonder if maybe he ate less of the cake than Tabuki did. Because as we know, Tabuki has very childish tastes. He loves sweet things. It would not surprise me if he ate more of the cake than Shoma did. And and the power goes out. The electricity is cut. Yeah. Yeah. We see Ringo unzip something and say, I wish it didn't have to come to this. She's also, okay, as someone who recently is in a position to have nails enough to paint, she, like, puts polish on her nail and then is immediately doing things. That is not how that works. And We should write an angry letter to Ikuhara. I'm, like, unnaturally furious about this as someone who has now (laughs) sat with, like, layers of nail polish drying on my hands for like an hour (laughs) i know right oh god so ringo expresses her regret that she didn't want it to happen like this and she had wanted tabuki to love her put some perfume on her ankles i'm guessing she stole that perfume off of yuri's counter almost definitely he'll wake up soon she's got a lingerie kind of thing on was that a camisole? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what underwear, but I think, I think that's a camisole. I think that's a camisole. It, or, yeah, yeah, like a baby know. doll. Yeah, me. yeah. It's it's sort of like a baby doll, like uh, like dress ish, like. But I, you know, dress is sort of generous. It barely covers. The <laughs> yeah, couch. sure. It's a sexy time outfit. Yeah, it's like a it's like a little lingerie dress. Yeah. Yeah, we get a shot of her ass as she uh, looms over Tabuki saying that she will become his bride tonight. But not as herself. And she pulls out a yellow wig so that she can look like Yuri. I, like, am so obsessed with just that single shot of, like, the hair, like, with the lightning strike. The shadow, yeah. Oh my god, it's so, like, Clippable. Clippable screenshots this episode. Mm -hmm. And Shoma busts in, third wheeling it again. And it's really funny that Ringo is, like, barely shocked. She's like, well, looks like the drug didn't work as well on you. Yeah. Well, I'll let you in on my plan. And she's about to do her her evil monologue. Yeah, yeah, she's explaining Project (laughs) M. You'll never guess what M stands for. Turns out it's not murder. Turns out it's pregnancy. 
maternity and the lightning and the lightning flashes again illuminate her yandere face with the yuri wig on and she takes off the uh slip i'll call it a slip yeah shoma's all like this is fucked up what are you doing (laughs) he is trying so hard to like army crawl across the floor (laughs) to get to her to stop this even as like his legs do not work (laughs) and he asks what the diary is and says you're just going to forcibly execute what's written and call it destiny it's nothing but selfish delusion Meanwhile, naked Ringo is undressing Tabuki Uh, and yelling that it isn't a delusion. I have to do this or our family will. Mm. Shoma's morality, whatever your reasons may be, this is just wrong. This is the worst time for an argument. I mean, at least from Ringo's position, this is the worst time for an argument. (laughs) (laughs) And Shoma grabs her and drags her off the bed and the power comes back on. Oh, just drags her wig. Yeah, Shoma tries to pull her off of the bed, but instead just grabs the wig, and apparently he lands on top of penguin number two because it rolls out from under him. And there's naked Ringo sitting on top of Tabuki. Another uh, every frame of painting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to get a lot of very convenient cover up in the next few minutes of this show but this scene in particular the way that shoma's foot covers up perfectly ringo's breasts and crotch is kind of impeccable yes (laughs) it's art truly we also see here, right right before Yuri comes in onto the scene, we also see that removing the wig has changed Ringo's disposition somewhat. Mm-hmm. And that she is no longer caught up in her fantasy without the after Shoma's uh, heroic actions. <laughs> She's kind of uh, mm-hmm. lost her mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing because Yuri does show up on the scene right now saying, oh my God, the door lock isn't working. I don't know if it's because the power went out or what, but my flight was canceled because of the typhoon and I'm home now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then cut to the little, the shot of those two just completely freaking out with the hilarious faces. Mm -hmm. And there's a peach on this window. Yeah, that's it was the same uh we saw the same door that she was standing in front of was what they were standing on the other side of when they were right outside the building. Are you sure? Because I think Ringo's apartment has that motif as well. Uh maybe, but I know that when I know that that's like the same one that mm-hmm. they were outside earlier. So maybe I guess maybe it is both apartments. I'm pretty sure that it is both of our I, for some reason, I guess I thought that they were standing outside of... It doesn't matter that much. It's just there's there's a peach motif on Rango's apartment and there's a peach motif on this one as well. But yeah, the the blackout has concluded. So the the lights are back on and the uh, ceiling fan blade is covering up... Graciously covering up Tabuki's junk. (laughs) And the lock won't open, but Tabuki is drugged out of his mind, so um, he doesn't hear a thing. 
while <laughs> and then the transition <laughs> cut is just an exit sign <laughs> opening yeah because yep. the question is like how are they gonna get out of this one and ikuhara <laughs> said i don't know but they have to right 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 <laughs> not important and also matches all the the signs that show up all throughout the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. show it looks like they're in like a service elevator Ah, uh, it's a staircase. Or, yeah, that. yeah, the fire escape or whatever. Oh, yeah. Inside. That's what it would be. And Shoma is dictating to Ringo what she wants. <laughs> so this is the scene. So now now we're having the heart to heart. This is the kind of the climax of the uh, Ringo Shoma arc that's been going on for these last, you know, five episodes. Yeah, or so. Shoma, mm-hmm. like, he's... At a certain point, he's willing to accept Ringo's fixation on Tabuki, but like even he knows that this is not how she wanted this to go. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as somebody who has received that kind of information, being told what you want doesn't make a good impact. <laughs> right. It's impossible. It's an impossible yeah, thing to see somebody going down a bad path and then saying, you know, how you don't you really want this. Yeah. And then yeah. that person goes, fuck you, I do. Yeah. Right. Ringo right. responds yeah. pretty understandably, like, what do you even know about me? And like that's really fair. Like they barely yeah. know each other. I don't necessarily think that, you know, I don't think that Shoma's wrong, but I also get Ringo's feelings about Honestly, this. like all the best shows, nobody here is wrong except, right. you know. Ringo's illegal actions, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ringo's illegal actions are wrong. The actions that but... are wrong that Ringo did are wrong, but like, yeah. in this specific conversation. Right. Yeah, she's she's not wrong when she's saying that Shoma doesn't know her. Right. And and if maybe Shoma had some more context, or maybe Shoma had the right things to say, maybe this scene goes a bit differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of a hard, hard realization, and there's a lot that they say back and forth. She says that she must bear Tabuki's child in her place. Her otherwise, being obviously Momoka. Otherwise, the wheel of fate won't be complete. Very abstract. Ooh. Shoma Ooh. points out that. Tabuki and Yuri have something to say about this. (laughs) Yeah, he very bluntly is just like, you don't actually give a shit about either of their feelings, do you? (laughs) Right. He just, after being accused of not knowing Ringo, he kind of turns it back on her of like, well, you don't know them either. And I will say, in the most vague of spoilers, that the kind of one note Tabuki and Yuri take on a new form in this rest of the show. Mm hmm. Yeah, I accidentally came across some spoilers out of context, but some of those spoilers ended up like being something that happened in this very episode. So I was like, oh, well, I'm fine. (laughs) But like, I know that there's like more to like, I know that there is... (laughs) There's something about Yuri, but I don't know what because I realized I was I saw spoilers and I immediately like closed the tab and ran away. Well, Panda, we'll get into that the next time I come on the show. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling. Yeah. 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 Meanwhile, Ringo's all here like, it's not me who's wrong. It's reality who's wrong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> reality is not going with the plan. Exactly. And I mean, that's valid. I've felt that way many times. 
Oh, so here's the thing, Shoma, instead of, you know, trying to meet her where she's at or, or offer some advice, instead gives the line of your heart is pitch black, darker than any girl I've ever known. Which, like, I don't blame Showing this yeah, moment, I mean, like, no, no. <laughs> after just being drunk, I would be very frustrated and upset with her in this moment. Totally, totally, yep. totally. Yeah, neither yeah. of them are wrong in this moment. Neither of them. Yeah, they are lashing out at each other though. Mm-hmm. And she reiterates, "You don't even know anything," but he doesn't want to know. Want to know? I see. I see everything in Sailor Moon lens, and and this is just such a Sailor Moon moment that didn't come to be (laughs) interesting now Ringo starts questioning whether he cares about Himari yup she puts it back on him yup because she can't she doesn't really have a defense so her only thing y'all ever heard of Darvo yeah I was gonna say she deflects yeah what is it deflect uh deflect accuse reverse victim and offender they're both doing it oh yeah 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 it's both okay. darvoing here. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's uh, an abuse tactic. Mm-hmm. So she's calling out his hypocrisy here. That uh, she is, Shoma is ostensibly doing all this for Hamari's sake, like was uh, said earlier in this episode. But he's not doing anything with Hamari. All of his actions are not helping Hamari. She's, he's not valuing the time that he has with Hamari. Putting up the facade of family, basically. Ooh, and Ringo had met Hamari, remember? Mm-hmm. And she can say, just by looking at Hamari. Ooh, yep. You're just trying to maintain the facade of a happy family to make yourself feel better. Which I think is interesting that she says that because in a way that's sort of what Shoma accuses of Kanba in a previous episode when like Kanba is trying to be a little more like pragmatic about what's going on. Yep. Yep. And, and uh, that's the how much do you embrace the glamour? How much do you embrace this madness that's been thrust upon you, these extraordinary circumstances? And Shoma gets physical a little bit. He grabs her. He doesn't do anything else. He kind of like grabs her and like shoves her against the wall of the stair landing a little bit, but like Yeah. He snaps out of it immediately. He knows Yeah. He knows that's too far. He's he's far outside of what Shoma is, yeah. And Ringo says the wheel won't be complete unless I work hard and become Moloka. And Ooh. she's gonna do everything on her own from now on. Mm-hmm. As far as she's concerned, her family's on the line. Which, again, is reflective back on what she just accused of uh, Shoma. Mm-hmm. And not to mention, this is new information for Shoma, isn't it? I believe right. so, yeah. I, I don't think she's ever mentioned before that she's doing this to keep her family together. No. How much, I don't remember how much Shoma knows about Momoka at this point. Not Like, nothing, nothing basically. Like nothing. I, I thought this was, like, the first time it's really mentioned. They mm-hmm. Yeah, they've only really talked about Momoka once before this. Mm-hmm. Oh, and she says it's the reason she was born. It has nothing to do with her feelings. If you recall at the start of episode two, she loves the word fate. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And she says that she loves Tabuki. Actually... No, she insists that she loves Tabuki, but it's because Momoka did. It's not because she does. And this is where Shoma is starting to kind of piece things together. And we get my favorite piece of music here. 
It's really good. Which shows up again and again throughout the show, but it is my favorite piece. The mu- Again, we've said it before, but the music in the show is just so good. Absolutely oh. impeccable. Oh, but I listen to the Triple H songs all the time. You know <laughs> what? I have scene, listened but... to the Triple H songs on that soundtrack all the way from uh, from Miami to San Francisco. Wow! <laughs> and believe me, we went up to Colorado, <laughs> then down to Las Vegas, and then down over to like, yeah, oh, no. <laughs> that was uh, it. Was a good time. <laughs> I always pick it on anime music quiz. So she tries to leave, and Shoma grabs her, causing the bag to swing and the diary to fall out and hit the ground. However many stories below. In the the rain. rain. Yeah. Yep. And her still in her little one piece uh, sexy time outfit out in the rain, reaching for the diary. Oh, there we go. It's a negligee. There you go. Yeah. That actually is probably the most appropriate word. Mm -hmm. And she picks it up out of the street. The intensity of the music. A motorcyclist drives by her. A female motorcyclist. Actually, you can see clearly that it is a female. And rips half of the diary from Ringo's hands and speeds off with it. Obviously intending to grab the whole thing. Did not quite I'm get I'm just there. pointing out that it's female because when I when I first saw this, I thought it was Kanba. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. yeah. I guess I, I didn't take into account that it was a, a female cyclist either. I just like... I saw someone, I was like, oh, a twist in the plot. And then, uh, <laughs> you know. See, I always just get caught up on the character issues that I forget about, you know, Kamba's threat that he was going to take it by force. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the red herring that they meant you to follow yeah, there. Absolutely. Probably, yeah. But Ringo staggers out into the street. She is distraught about the diary. So distraught. That she doesn't notice the oncoming car and Shoma busts in to save the day. Yeah, what a shot. What a Theory's shot. Theory's rap on Shoma. I can't believe Shoma fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> he flies through the air. Sure does. Oof. And hits the ground and tumbles. Penguin also sprawled out on the ground. End and of episode. <sighs> yeah. And the end title card says, even if your love is a lie, I, which I think is different from the episode title I gave earlier, but that's fine. Yeah. But yeah. Standing. Oh boy. <sighs> <sighs> so, um, Kai, you specifically, this was one of the episodes that you requested. I'm interested yes. in why that is. Yes, absolutely. Well, one, I, I definitely wanted to. I like this episode for its comedy, for its pacing, for everything. And I wanted to shout out Shoko Nakamura. However, I think I've been mentioning it a couple times. This is the perfect encapsulation of the grace versus glamour dichotomy. And Mm -hmm. their argument at the end is very much about that, that they're both playing at this fantasy instead of forming a family and that found family and, and spending time with Himari. Do you think that you could kind of maybe define what you mean a little better? Absolutely. Great, great yeah. Glamour? Yeah, absolutely. So in, uh, well, glamour is kind of the easy one to understand. That's kind of that first episode of Sailor Moon when she looks up at the thing with Sailor V and she's like, man, it'd be great to be a superheroine and, <laughs> and, you know, fall in love with two men at the same time and have this miracle romance of this past life and everything in, 
penguin drum that's really represented very much by the princess of the crystal by the nebulous penguin drum by the fantasy of himari coming back to life and you know needing to maintain it the scorpion soul and all the madness that's in the you know whatever's going on in the fantasy but in contrast to that there's this pool of grace and this very core thing to the traditional magical girl show as kind of codified by sailor moon that uh the part where Usagi just sees Makoto eating lunch alone and goes and sits down next to her and is like, Makoto is like, you're not scared of me. And she's like, no, should I be, <laughs> you know, that, that type of uh, the moments that they spend together that all come back. And even Sailor Moon are the, the promise of the rose where they have all the flashbacks to all the times that Usagi was, you know, a, a, a simple friend to them all and, and supported them wholeheartedly. You know, those, those uh, happy together moments that really, come back in the climaxes and constitute the heart of what we would consider the magical girl show. I think in this penguin drum, I, f I find fits so nicely into this because that aspect of grace is entirely represented by Himari and Himari throughout this entire first run of the show is kept locked and chained and like imprisoned in the house, you know, literally unable to act on anything that's going on in the plot. Mm-hmm. And that's very deliberate. I think Ikuti is setting up glamour to strut and fret its hour upon the stage in this very performative way and uh, getting you involved in that fantasy in this uh, focalizing around it to let it play out. This episode in particular is that breakdown or the first kind of breakdown of that. Now we saw, we saw these moments when Ringo met Himari and and they had that nice together moment, that moment of uh, purity when they they went back and cooked the ate the curry together, uh, mm -hmm. and yeah, that was such a thing worth fighting for, right? It's even mentioned by Ringo in this episode. It's just like, what do you, you know, Himari is there, and yet you are here, and you are you, you know you're chasing after the penguin drum, and I think it 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 Kanba has his own arc to go over with that too. But I think the triumph or the contrast between grace and glamour, how grace pulls you towards the fantasy and how glamour pulls you towards the here and the now and the simple moments that we all cherish, short of the aria, the uh, origination or those types of moments, you know, the Junichi mm -hmm. Sato and, and Princess Tutu does stuff with this as well, plenty. But the grace versus glamour dichotomy pulls the characters like Toffee and, and does so for Sailor Moon and does so here in penguin drum it's just that glamour is getting so much attention and then finally here it's kind of it's kind of pulled back of like what are they doing it snaps back and it's like you're fighting for a family you're doing all this madness you're drugging and raping somebody for a family moment to have your dad and mom be together again something about your dead sister and and that contrast, I feel, is at the heart of Penguin Drum. And uh, this scene in particular, this last scene, <laughs> what, do you mm. think Shoma does what he does for Himari in this episode? No. Because he's partly doing it for Ringo, too. That's what I, that's what I think. I think, yeah. I, I think he's operating on his morality just in basics. But then if you think about it for more than a second, or if Shoma thinks about it, He's doing it for Ringo. Yeah. And that's that's what I come to love about this episode. Oh, it's also it's also, can I say, I know I've been talking for a bit, but it's an inflection point. 
mm-hmm. really is. And like I mentioned that Tabuki and Yuri are kind of these, you know, meme characters from at this point, they become more. And then the show that was all ostensibly about this one diary that this one girl has and all this magic becomes something way more than any of that to the point where I would say after this for sure. Yeah. To the point where I would say this first eight episodes of penguin drum are a fun show and I like them, but they are not my third favorite show of all time. It's only, it's only when things go off the rails now that that facade is broken down or this, this fantasy is literally ripped in half and, and kind of exposed as, as nothing tangible that we finally get into the, the real juicy stuff. Mm-hmm. In that sense, it's a lot like Utena as far as the first, I would say in Utena, probably about the first eight episodes as well yeah. are just an absolute red herring. Absolutely. It's just to sucker you in. Totally. And yeah, like, like I said, I think that the, the way Penguin Drum goes about exploring its themes is a little more focused i would say well i think that's something that you can kind of see just throughout every ikuni show like there's this sort of not i I don't know that i would necessarily say that i think like every show is better than the last by any stretch but that like you can see there's this refinement of certain ideas that like he's like Mm -hmm. i did this one way the last time i'm gonna try again and try again exactly so one of the things i have done that i'm most proud about is go through shot by shot on the adolescence of the the film (laughs) and that is to me the true story of Utna. It's kind of like, oh, you mm-hmm. guys did watch Utna, but I don't think you really got necessarily what I was going for a lot of the ways. Let me tell it again in a different way that really mm-hmm. drills down onto these issues. Mm-hmm. That it was never it was never about you guys all hated Toga and, and Akio. And yeah, justifiably, right? And a lot of that was kind of a blowback <laughs> to Sailor Moon and uh, uh, Tuxedo Mask. But it was never about them. <laughs> it was about mm-hmm. Utna and Anthe and them and then leaving that s- social system and that structure. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like the movie way more than this series. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, after all of that intelligent commentary, all I have to share is my very favorite GIF. <laughs> okay. Absolute favorite oh. of all time. I'm going to post it in Discord here. So bring okay. it up. I'm looking. It is. It absolutely the best gif ever made okay i have copies of it everywhere i believe you <laughs> there we go <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that is my favorite gif <laughs> oh, no yes <laughs> it's pretty good <laughs> it's for the listeners it is the scene where uh, Ringo is about to get hit by the car and Shoma pushes her out of the way and as Shoma flies off uh, it says fabulous mess I had that tiled as my desktop once that's really funny it was amazing wow. <laughs> it's a really tiny gift too yes <laughs> It slowed my computer down like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if I could find the one that I made way back in the day for Penguin Drum. Ooh, I may not be able to find it in the scope of this thing, but um, I'll just tell you it was uh, 
you remember in episode two when Ringo's in the lingerie store, she's going to find the bird nest outside. Mm-hmm. And the penguins go at the lingerie store and they put all the, the bras on their heads mm-hmm. all backwards. And it, mm-hmm. and it just says, it's a gif of that. And it just says, obvious thematic symbolism. <laughs> I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so now that we've gone through the episode, I could have asked you this at the top of the episode, but I feel like it was probably better to save it till the end. Uh, one of our standard questions, who is your favorite character in Moara Penguin Drum? Hmm, man, that's a hard one. Um... And I know that like there is the possibility that that's not a question that can be answered without spoilers. Sure, yeah. And I, it's fine if you can't answer without spoilers. Uh, I understand. But we still want to know who. I yeah, do want to know who, you just can't say why. So, okay, let me ask you this. Have you seen that Penguin Drum is getting remade into films? Yeah, yeah the recycle. The recycle. Yes, the recycle of Penguin Drum. Did you watch the trailer for that? Um, I did, but it was been a, it was before. Okay, good. You don't remember anything about it. This good, 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 yeah. good, 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 good. There is a specific shot in that trailer that deals with a character who is my favorite that was not in any of the footage that is in this series. So it's it's new footage. Interesting. But yeah, I I am a big try. I am a big fan of the uh, the triumph of Grace in this way, and um, I think one of the characters that you see later really embodies uh boy i don't know how i say this but kind of the ideas that i find most true to life and i think that ikuni likes to to eventually prop up as well so when that character appeared in the trailer for the new films i in in, in a different way too i freaked the fuck out and i was okay, like but oh, you have to oh, tell shit. us who the character is i don't think that i think that would spoil too much mm. i think that would kind of be equivalent oh. to me telling you about the like okay. <laughs> five five later episodes of the show okay, but, I don't do but that. if we bring you back you have to you'll have to anytime elaborate. anytime <laughs> absolutely yes we'll uh, keep and, that and, secret when you get to those episodes, I, boy, boy. Okay. Yeah. I believe. And Yasha, uh, what? who do you think so far is your favorite character? I mean, I think you said it was Kamba. You know what? Actually, I think so far is a good question to ask Kai. So far in the series. Oh, okay. Who is okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think Shoma is underrated. I, I really, really do. And uh, we kind of we kind of shit on him here. Uh, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, just quietly, so like easy. totally. Yeah, it's so easy. He's just yeah. a little pathetic, yeah, but totally. not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's in a show that does not match his strengths. That's Absolutely. really the essence of the designation of poor little meow meow. Is that like it's pathetic, <sighs> but in an it's uh he's pathetic parentheses affectionate. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I think Shoma's Shoma's role in this story is one that I I love, and I love seeing him fill it. Also, just Himari Himari, same thing. Her her role too. It, every time she's on screen, is, is so cute. But oh, uh, no, so my cute. my answer is Shoma. My answer is Shoma. But who is your favorite so far, Yasha? Kanba is my favorite, but Yuri is very close. To <laughs> very very close. To Yuri is interesting, and I've gathered that there is going to be more interesting about her later. So I'm yes, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yep. My favorite so far is obviously Ringo. <laughs> I mean, like I, I yeah. had no choice, and, and and it's not it's not like it's not like I could pick 
somebody you know it's like it's like you remember no when Se- uh Se- gets that episode with anthe and you're kind of like oh wait seonji episode the <laughs> fuck? and and uh then you're kind of like ah seonji's all right i don't know i kind of you know and it, yeah. Seonji's also a poor little meow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really is i need to do a tier list ranking of all the yakuni yes. poor little meow meows <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that's just to say all the characters are are fleshed out in a way that i i love i mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. earnestly love the representations of these characters and the and the roles that they play in the story mm-hmm. so it's it's not like there's a huge difference between top of the thing and bottom of the barrel very Fair close enough. who's the worst ikuni character ever <laughs> Ooh. I guess that depends on your definition of worst. Yeah, you gotta give it, you gotta have a time limit too. It can't be just like oh. one one episodic character or something. Mm. Um. I'm gonna say, um, who's fucking Onion Prince? Yes, Tatsuya. <laughs> Tatsuya. That was my answer. That was my answer. I keep wanting to say Tatsumaki, but I know that's the bot in the empty movement uh, server. No. Oh, man. Tatsuya is my pick too. He he but. really burned me with that whole I'll take her no matter how tainted she is kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, oh fuck you, buddy. I'm sorry. Grudge forever. <laughs> I you know what? I didn't like I know you went through Yurikuma and you mm-hmm. had opinions, and your opinions yeah. didn't match up to my opinions of Yurikuma. <laughs> I I very much don't like uh Kureha. Is that the that's the main character from oh, Yurikuma, right? I I yeah. <laughs> I think she's the the worst writing that Ikuni has done on a on a main character. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, that's my hot take. There's plenty of them. Got plenty. <laughs> well, people don't come here for the cold takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. fair. Kai, I know that you came with some notes. I wanted to make sure that we didn't miss anything that you wanted to talk about. Oh, I forced them all in there. Yep. Okay. I, literally <laughs> everything on these nets. Yes. Uh, I'm making a point. Excellent. So thank Good. Thank you for the, yeah. Okay. Well, do we have any uh, closing thoughts before we, we close up for the night? Head empty. I'm staring at fabulous Max Giff. <laughs> You're so valid. <laughs> I um I approach the next episode with trepidation. Good. <laughs> We've been we Actually, had kind of a good kick there for a, a couple episodes where things were like really fun and good, and then like this episode comes out and it's just like, hey, wait. don't forget you're here forever. Bam. <laughs> if I remember correctly, though, the next episode is a large pace break. Interesting. It is a very interesting one. Yeah. How that goes. Next week, uh, listeners, if you would like to find the show on the internet, you can do that at UtaneCast on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at MPandanata. Yasha, where can people find the things that you do on the internet? If for some reason you should want to find me and Vana, we are always at OHTORI.NU. Or on Twitter at O-H-T-O-R-I underscore N-U. And Kai, should you wish to be found, where can people find the things that you do on the internet? Yes, absolutely. At YouTube and Twitter, you can find me at Clear and Sweet. And uh, if you are so inclined, go to the YouTube channel and you can check out the uh, breakdowns of Adolescence of Utna that I mentioned earlier, my Grace versus Glamour panel. Uh, or my Madoka Magica 
shot by shot breakdown, uh, 16 hours of me talking all about themes and everything. So check it out. And I think you will enjoy if you are a fan of those shows. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much of fun. Thank I you. love getting a chance to talk about Penguin Drama. I really do. <laughs> thank you for coming on. This was great. Listeners, if you would like to support this show, we have a Patreon. You can find that at utanacast.com. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can uh, at or DM us on Twitter, or you can email us at imaginemeandutana.gmail.com, or you can fill out the form that is in our pinned tweet. That's how Kai got on this show, and you hey. can do so too. <laughs> and that's uh, all of the things for tonight. I'm sad that we didn't get a survival tactic in this episode, but um, maybe we'll get one next episode. So. That's what we're going to say. That's what we say to conclude these episodes is I'm going to count three, two, one, and we're all going to try to say survival tactic at this point. No, we're time. not. Yes, we are. <laughs> You're going to do it with us. You're going to participate and it's going to be great. Uh, and we're, can I say it in Japanese? <laughs> I, you can say it however you want. You can I, say I, am, it. I, am, I am actually literally upset that the dub went with survival tactic over survival strategy. Yes, survival strategy is so much better. That's that's when the, that's like I don't know if you watch Simfigure when they try and say the thing and they're like, yeah, we're gonna do it. It's our it's our um sw- or not, they don't use the word swan song and I'm like, we have a fucking word for that. It's called swan song. You just it's, it's a swan song. Use the word. It's yeah. like yeah. I, I anyway. do find myself baffled uh, continuously by translation decisions. Yep. Uh, yep. So can we say survival strategy? That would make me. Uh, you know what? We can tonight, uh, just for you, Kai, okay. we can all try to say survival strategy. Okay. All right. I'm okay with this. Three, two, one. Survival, survival strategy. strategy!